Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. I'm your host, Dr. Matt Townsend, your relationship coach, your guide on the side is what we say on this program. We are the toolbox to help you through life. And uh, welcome to the program. My good friend Skyboy here, little juvenile delinquent, has done put together a paper airplane. I did not make that paper airplane. That's a great plan. Yeah, Rob made it. Colonel Rob Sanders, Sanders put together our paper airplane. And uh, he threw it before the show began. And then Skyboy threw it in the middle of my wind-up to start the show. You almost caused I a I threw balk. it before the show. No, I think we, were, we had our bumper going when you threw but it. But it was the part of the bumper where you never come in. I, I wanted to come in earlier today. <laughs> And then I'm like, whoa. You're always telling me to play extra stuff so you don't have to come in. What are you talking about? <laughs> you're such a liar. Oh, you're a liar. Did I just make you seem bad? He's talking about the day last week when it was an hour of just promo after promo after promo. Yeah, that was great. That was a good nap, though. I was sleepy. You know why I'm sleepy? Because I watch Netflix all night. It's killing me. But it's fun, right? Well, it's fun. Why don't they make iPads lighter? Because when they drop on your face, because you're asleep. Uh, TB, or tra- traumatic brain injury, TBI. Yeah, TBI. I don't know that my brain was injured, but my nose hurt <laughs> because that well, thing weighs a ton. Well, here, here, here's the worst part, okay? You're falling asleep. You're getting there. You're relaxed. You're getting there. Yeah. Boom. Hit right in the nose. You're like, I'm awake. I'm yeah. forever awake. Thursday. And you just yell out something. You remember when the uh, flat panel TVs first came out about 10 years ago, the commercials would show the guy laying in bed with the TV mounted on <laughs> oh, the ceiling? No, no. You notice no. they don't advertise that anymore? They start falling on well, people? I'm just thinking somebody got bonked yeah. in the nose, too. Somebody got. <laughs> or see, that's where the iPad was. Bonked in the rib cage? <laughs> that's not a bad idea, though. You have it at the dentist office. Why shouldn't you watch television Matt, in bed? My Matt, next mess. Can, can I go to your dentist? My dentist doesn't have that. Doesn't? Your dentist doesn't? No. No, really? You I don't have think a. So. Okay, that's sad. Matt, you could Well, change. also, I clean my teeth, so I'm never there for very long. Oh, you wash your teeth. Okay, <laughs> yeah. you brush them. Uh, true story. When I was in Argentina, I went to. I lived in Argentina 20 year, uh, 25 years ago. Wow. Tell me about it. Well, back then. Uh, I went to a dentist there because I hadn't had my teeth cleaned for a year. So I went to get my teeth cleaned. But this guy had – the way he propelled, I guess, his drill was with a foot oh. – like a foot kick. So he'd have to kick his foot on this wheel. So I take it he didn't have a TV for you to watch? <laughs> no. There was no TV. But – and he chopped my gums up. Kicking his little foot pad because it's hard to kick and stay focused. You know, you with me? It, it makes perfect sense. That's why they invented television monitors in the ceiling, <laughs> so that you don't worry about the bits and pieces of your gums, yeah. you know, getting chucked everywhere. Yeah, it was bad. It was so bad. Uh, great. My so I'm going to my dentist next in about a week. Good luck. I'll tell you what I find out there. How badly are you going to lie to him when he asks you when you flossed last time? Floss. That's what I'm going to say. Exactly. Floss. I never met him. <laughs> Who's, Who's that? Floss. Do you guys floss? 
I floss every day, sometimes twice a day. Oh boy, I like I like flossing. Well, flossing's great. You might want to brush your teeth though too. I brush my teeth as well. Do you really floss every day? Yeah. Do you floss, Rob? I floss uh, one to two times a day. Yeah. Hannah Montana, flossers. I'm a girl, but I floss not very often. <laughs> okay. I don't floss at all, <laughs> and floss not lest you be not flossed. I know. No. <laughs> That's a what cult. worked for me was I started flossing as an experiment. I didn't have, uh, the way my insurance worked or whatever. I couldn't go to the dentist for three or four years. Whoa. What kind of dentist? What kind of insurance is that? I just I, I would rather go to a really good dentist less less twice often a decade cost more. <laughs> we'll cover you, and uh, because I'd floss, that my teeth were great. Man, no, oddly no enough, oddly enough, I had cavities all the time growing up. Yeah, once I finally quit flossing and started mouth rinsing, I haven't had a cavity yet. Dennis is like, oh, your teeth are so nice. Your teeth are How beautiful. How often do you floss? Never. Minus the cavities <laughs> that are in every other tooth. Well, that's what I was wondering. I wonder sometimes if you don't get cavities anymore because there's no more space to get cavities. Well, yeah, you're, your yeah, teeth you're cavity are out. filled with cavities. Yeah. yeah, We call them cavity out. You're full. See, I floss like the week before I go to the dentist. And then when I go, they're like, your teeth are brilliant. I'm like, thanks. Wow. You're welcome, <laughs> dentists of America. Um, <laughs> we only use floss to pull teeth at my house. It's teeth, great at that. Teeth that are falling That's out. That's the wrong use lost. for the uh, tool there. See, so let's just say I wanted you to actually start a habit that you're not used to. Like for me, it might be flossing. Uh, it's hard to. It's easier to floss because my teeth are in a jar. <laughs> and so you just pull them and you just <laughs> floss them real fast. It's a piece of cake. <laughs> Why are you laughing? That's rude. I believe it's true. Okay. Well, um, so if I asked you to do something new and add something new to your routine, just something new, like I want you to, I don't know, what's part of your routine? Uh, in your case, uh, to um, <laughs> talc up, to use talc pow- uh, baby powder and talc up your body so that you absorb more moisture, let's just say. Could you add that to your routine? You're making fun of Sky's sweaty feet. Oh, man. Do you smell those? I hear them when he sloshes around walking (laughs) from place to place. Yeah. That was after scuba diving, Bryce. Those are our flippers. Can you easily add something to your day and make it a habit? Can you – are you changeable? You're you're looking at me. I'm I'm looking at all of you. I can only look at one at a time. You're the one that's most intriguing. Uh, I think I could. Could you? Yeah. Are you pretty – you can easily adjust. If we just threw another part into your life, you could pretty yes, easily. Yes, I think I could. How about you, BT? No. I love you're, my routine. You're a creature of habit. I love it. I love not having to think about what I'm doing in the morning. Yes. I love that. I like having a plan. I like having things figured out. Mm. When someone throws a wrench in, they're like, hey, yeah. let's change this. Instantly frustrated. How about you, Hannah, Man- Hannah Montana? Hannah Montana? How about you, Hannah Montana? (laughs) Can you change very easily? It it depends. I feel like one thing that I've struggled with my entire life is taking medicine. If I ever have to take any kind of like like, pill pill once a day or like if I have to, I have asthma. So if I have to, I have a singular I'm supposed to take every day. I don't remember the last time I took it. So, well, you know, when was the last time you asthma'd? Like this morning. Well. Well, you might want to learn to take a pill. So you, you. I feel like I would suck at well, what it. What is it? Well, what's hard about taking a pill? 
Just remembering it? Just remembering it. Well, does, like in the middle forgetful. of your asthma attack, aren't you thinking, darn it, should have taken the pill? Yeah. Well, I actually have two medicines I'm supposed to take, and I'm okay at taking one of them, mm-hmm. but the other one, I just kind of, eh. Yeah. And I've been told that once I get like 60 years old, I'm going to need oxygen if I don't take my medicine. And so Ooh. I'm just really okay. messing up my life So this right now. show's for you, Hannah. Okay. It's for me. <laughs> it's for you when you're 60. <laughs> it's about change. You got to change habits. We got to change. And I, I'm telling you this because there's some things we got to change on this show. Just a few things. Okay. Sky, you got to start wearing clothes. You can't so just wear that unitard everywhere you go. It gets hot. That's not a habit. That's just me adjusting to the climate. It's just you climatizing. <laughs> okay, we got to change. Change. Change is good. I don't know if you guys know this, but change is constant. It's going to always happen. Stuff's going to change. It's just kind of paradoxical. <laughs> yeah, the, it the, is. O- the only constant is change. Yeah. Isn't that funny? It's true. So... We got to get on it. Matt, what do I have to change about myself? You need to be less amazing. Oh, thanks, Matt. I appreciate you. That was funny to see this guy's face. Hey, hey, what about me? You said I got to change my clothes. That's me imitating That's you. a great impression. That was. Did you like that? Yeah, it sounds just like me. Does it? <laughs> <laughs> that sounds better. <laughs> That was rude. I'm not trying to be rude. I'm just trying to create change because that's the topic today. Change. We should change things up today. Mix something up. Make something up? No, mix something up. Like what? Okay, let's do it. I don't know. Maybe Rob could go out go out to break instead of you. Okay, let's do that. That'd be fine. Well, that, when we yeah. go to break, Rob will do the break. Rob will do the break. Uh, let's see. Let's have somebody run the board. Let's, left, let's have you run the board, Matt. I'll run the board. <laughs> I'm not afraid to run the board. I know, I know another really, really good change. What? Matt could buy us dinner for a change. Hey! Yeah. No? No? <laughs> no, I'm not feeling there it. There was a ding. I think that makes it official. You have to do it now. No, I, the ding the does ding not make it official. Makes if it I official. don't point for the ding, <laughs> it's a dingless ding. You know, I'm here. The, the dinner thing, that's, that's good and all, but as I'm hearing some of these other changes to the show, I have to remember the idea, too, that... Just because it's a change oh doesn't mean it's better. I mean, you ever you work in a company or something, and you know some new guy rolls in and then starts changing everything about how the company does its business yeah. just to change it. Well, sometimes you don't know if it's a good change until you try it. Well, sometimes you don't know it was working well until you break it. So let's see if it works better with Rob going to break than you. Well, that's for sure. <laughs> I don't understand that. So you think it's broken? I think it works fine. I think what we ought to do is have Hannah run the board. Rob, take us to break. Wait, but she can only do it with one. No, no, we should really change it up. I'll take the left hand. Hannah, I'll take the right hand on the board. Okay, this is great. This is, is going to end very poorly. You guys, Bryce, you hand, me, you hand me Sky's cookies. No! And I'm going to eat Sky's cookies because that's a change. No, the change is that there's cookies for me. There's never cookies for me. Uh, and, that's the change. And don't so say that's, that that's the host change. did not bring those. I'll go sit in the booth for the show and take a nap. Well, that's not a change. <laughs> that's exactly what you do here, but you're just in a booth. Well, now I'm in the booth. <laughs> this is bad. You guys, you're not even fun. Change. Uh, you know what? I've decided to change, and I'm going to just come out straight right now. I'm coming on it right now. Here we go. You ready? Here's the story. 
I decided I was going to start running. No, tell us. Tell us about it. Yeah. Matt, tell us about it. So I decided about three months ago I was going to start running. And a lot of people are like, hey, okay. Um, <laughs> Rampant support. Yeah. They're like, well, okay, I'll believe that when I see it. So now I could just go get, you know, go get running. But what do you need if you're going to run? Okay, you need shoes. shoes. You need shoes. A, you need me. You need, we need a mat. B, you need shoes. You got to get some socks for it. Socks are important because they wick off the sweat. You got to get the wicking Just ones. Use flip-flops. You can't run in flip-flops. Oh, You'll go I've flat-footed. <laughs> D, are we on D? No, we're on C. C, I thought C was socks. Oh, no, you're right, you're right, you're right. D, you need a watch. Yeah? So you can time your run. Now, what if, what do we combine D and E? That right? Am I getting my alphabet yeah, right? Yeah. Well, what was E? Because I haven't. Done e it. has got to be. You got to have some music. Okay. Yeah. So you I never thought arm, of E. You got arm holsters. Yeah. For your phone, and then yeah. you have a timer. Yep. Yeah. Probably Let's a pedometer. Yeah. I don't know what other junk they're Let's putting do in it. phones. Let's also get spandex. You need tight you gotta, clothes because if you're going to run, you don't want to be hindered you don't by your chafing. clothes. No, chafage is horrible. Right. Okay, so we're up to J. K, you need to move to a neighborhood with running trails so that way you don't have so to be out on the road. So let's just say, where are we? Three months later, I'm, I'm already changing. It's a good thing you started this right as winter is approaching because right. it's going to be too cold. But I have a treadmill in mm. my basement. And that's, that's, good. That's, that's H. That's L. Now here's the cool thing. I've already started changing. So don't say I don't change because I've already bought the watch. It's true. New watch. Yeah, because you have a watch there. It's a watch. It's not a. It's not just a watch. I'm going to read the title, the okay. name of the watch. Okay, hit it. It's a. Um, hold on, I can't read it. It's an Iron Man. Oh. So, like the band? No, like the race. <laughs> like I'm thinking of running an Iron Man. Okay. Why are people Wait. laughing? I'm. I'm going to run an Iron Man. Do watch. we have an audience somewhere? That is so rude. So this is why I don't change. Because I would have changed, but you're not supporting me. I've started. I already had shoes. I've had them for six months. Good. Prepared. I've got a drawer full of socks. Good. Yeah. They don't wick, but whatever. I hardly sweat. Uh, but I bought the watch. So I'm pretty much on target. By December, I'll easily be running. Change made. Ching, ching. I'll be rich. Because <laughs> when you win the Iron Man, loaded. I don't know if that's exactly how it works. Tell me you don't think the Iron Man marathon triathlon people are the richest people around. I don't know about richest. Okay, well. I think you're getting Iron Man mixed up with Olympics and iron mixed up with gold. And also gold athletes don't, don't make know. any money. I don't know what it is. But Until I, they sell their medals. But I'm changing. So I want you to know I'm starting to run. I've got the watch. I've got the shoes and I've got socks. Did you actually go running though? No, we're not there yet. You don't want to jump into this. You could, you know how easy you want to you want to step into it. You don't want to jump into you it. Could, yeah, <laughs> you could easily just you can do more damage running your first day when you're not ready than you could just going slow. So just never have a first day. See, this is what's neat about change because I can create the change and then I can even create the pace at which I change. <laughs> and then I can even create or change the goal 
and say it wasn't I wasn't going to run a triathlon. I was going to run with I mean I wasn't going to run an Ironman. I was going to run with my Ironman. You already put the 26.2 bumper mm-hmm. sticker on your car? Yeah. Yep. It's just goal setting. That's what it is. Well, and a lot of it just makes me feel better. Which is why we're running anyway, right? Boom, full circle. See, the mind, it's a powerful thing. Isn't it, Sky? Yep. It's also sad to waste it. We're going to have Rob take us to break now? Yeah, we're going to do that. We're going to do a little change here. Today on the show, we're talking about change, breaking the barriers to personal change. I broke mine. I bought my Ironman watch. Three months away from starting to run. We're now going to turn it over to Rob, who will take us to break. Rob, how will change directly affect your life? The details you can't live without. Coming up next on The Matt Townsend Show at Sirius XM 143, BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to The Matt Townsend Show. I think Rob did a great job taking us to break. Colonel Rob Sanders, I don't know if you noticed, the board uh, operated again with many flaws and other errors. Who was on the board, by the way? Uh, oh, uh, is that Sky. Skyboy? Okay, well, I guess we didn't change everything on that show. Uh, today we're talking about change, my friends. Do you have barriers that keep you from changing things in your life? You know, have you ever noticed just, I don't know, in, in politics, maybe in Washington, D.C., some people have a harder time changing and getting along. I don't know, hypothetically. Or, you know, working. Yeah, keeping the government open, hypothetically. (laughs) We're talking change, folks. Everybody has something we need to change. We've all thought of something for years we needed to do. Something stops us from changing. We're talking about it today. We've got a wonderful guest. Dr. Randy Gunther will be joining us in about 10 minutes or so. But first, our own Bryce Tobin asks the simple question, what would happen if you never... If you never changed your clothes? What happened if you never changed your clothes? Let's go through that. Let's ask Sky. Sky, what happens when you don't change your clothes? Uh, nothing. No, nothing. nothing. Nothing out of the ordinary. Okay. See, one <laughs> thing is you become delusional. Well, I was about to say, uh, things start to smell bad, uh, and then people stay away from you. Yes. And by the way, do you remember when we came into the studio today? I do remember when we came in the studio. Sky was in here with a friend. With a lady. A lady friend. And this it room was smelled. Ariel. It was Ariel, our, our news, news person. Yeah. And the room... Somebody was sporting some flowery perfume. It was either her or me. I'm going with Ariel. Probably her. And this room has never smelt better. Sky, take note. <laughs> Time to change. <laughs> Except there was that. Uh, we did have a guest once that like put way too much cologne. Yeah, I don't that remember made. Who it was. Yeah, I was very that kind of got. Well, it's bad when your eyes are watering. It's you know. Well, it was disinfecting my my nasal cavity. Yeah. So you it's know, like whatever. It's like. Um, What's that called? It's like the Vicks Vapor Rub. Yeah. It cleared you right out. So if we didn't change our clothes, we would probably stink. We would probably have hygiene problems. Would we stink, though? Or would we be just so used to it that it wouldn't be a problem? Have have you been out of this country? (laughs) No. Hold on. You're going on a trip where? (laughs) You're going on a trip soon. Yes. To Cambodia? I'm going to Cambodia, Vietnam, Thailand, and Laos. Okay. Um, (laughs) You just don't shower that whole trip. Don't well, change your clothes. Okay. No, no. What I'm saying is, yeah, then, because because I'm used to not having to smell that. But if everybody didn't change and everyone was so-called stinky. Smells all about perspective. We, be, what would we compare it to? That would be the norm. If a That's tree what I'm saying. falls in the forest. 
and no one's around, yes, it still makes a noise. If you go to Cambodia and you haven't bathed or showered, maybe we would think cologne stink at that point. Maybe we'd think perfume and cologne stink. If someone came in with a newly fresh change of clothes and they had perfume and they had deodorant and showered, but yeah. everybody else hadn't yeah. changed their clothes their entire life, yeah. they might you, think it you stinks. would long for that musky uh, kind of wet dog smell. Yeah, I'm with you. I once had a friend who uh, totally true. His bo smelled like taco shells. Really? That was the strangest thing ever. Really, but we could always tell when he was a little bit grimy because we'd be like, "You guys want to? You guys want to go to Taco? Wait, just <laughs> Justin, Justin. That is so sad. Go bathe. Oh, you mean Taco Justin? <laughs> taco Justin, the Taco Man. Okay, so if we didn't change, there'd be problems. Uh, okay, okay. What about hairstyles? What if we never changed our hairstyle? That's true. Okay, you'd probably be okay. What if? You latched on to the mullet, and you decided never changing this. Well, I have kids, not mine. Uh, we have neighbor kids that love the mullet. Do they? But they also never have had the mullet. So if you've had it and never lost it and kept it, then that's not changing. But if you went from the mullet where it's all party and back and business up front, uh, and then you um, you know, went to, I don't know, like a David Bowie – Bob, I don't know what you call it, his hair. <laughs> and then you came back to the mullet, that would probably be okay. There are improvements from the yeah. mullet. That's what we've discovered. I didn't think that was real, but apparently it is. You should change your hair. And by the way, according to my wife, I should notice when she does. You should always know. Because she kind of gets mad when I don't. I yeah. feel like this is more of a problem with girls. I, I can't remember the last time I did something different to my hair. Well, that's another problem we were going to talk about, but we'll get to that later. It's, I'm glad you brought it up, Sky. Thanks. You're Matt, right. Yeah. <laughs> Matt, what if, what if you never changed your oil? What? Change your oil in your car. What? What if you never? <laughs> you're supposed to change you your oil? supposed to do that? Like, Hold on. What? You're supposed to change it? <laughs> I mean, I keep adding to it. Are you supposed to change it? Uh, eventually. I'll include it. Well, I'll tell you what's going to happen if you don't change it is nothing. I think there's certain things in Matt's life that his wife just takes care of. And I'm guessing changing the oil in his car is one of those things. Well, she gives me a coupon. (laughs) And then she says it's time to go to that place and pay him 30 bucks. Hey, well, you know, someone's getting 30 bucks. I I think that's the oil companies, just so you know. You know, having driven a car a few times, uh, I am kind of in that camp too. I have driven a car without oil. Oh, me too. Because when I drove into that place, they're like, "Whoa, how did you get here?" <laughs> I in the, the car exact, without oil. I so the exact same thing. You don't even need oil. My oil light came on, and I was like, "Okay, other cars that I've driven, uh, they usually turn this on when it's like, okay, it's probably time that you should probably check out your oil. It's getting a bit grimy, or it's getting a bit low. Take yeah. it in." I take it in. They're like, "There's no oil in this car, and there's right. been no oil in this car." Thanks, car. Thanks See? for telling me. Okay, so I think that's overrated. <laughs> I agree. Okay. What else, Matt? Should what if change? you never changed your relationships? Meaning you never adjusted your current ones or oh, swapped out got your one. old ones for better ones. Well, I, I thought that was the goal of some of these relationships is to keep them around. But I guess you're saying we, we, would need, we need to improve the relationship. Either or. Because things happen. Like when you start having kids, you got to change how you relate. Because you can't have your whole life just be that we're parents raising kids. You still need to work on the marriage, right? Absolutely. You got to change. What if you never, what if you just like got married and then nothing and then just whatever? You divorce or you would just 
you know, just coast. cohabitate. Gotcha. Then you just watch Netflix, and it would pretty much be over. Okay, so the pretty much the point I'm trying to make with this is, you, you know, let's say let's go with hairstyles. What if you pick a good hairstyle and you stick with it, like Sky, like Sky? That's great, but sometimes you get stuck with a mullet. Well, like a bowl cut. I mean, who would oh. think that Sky oh. could wear a bowl cut this long and not change, other than Sky? But he's doing it. So you, I'm not sure you need to change everything, <laughs> but not everyone. Some people care about how they look. Some people do care. And some don't. <laughs> so, some, some really should, though. <laughs> but some should care. That's the key is we've got to know when, when you've got to hold them and you've got to know when to fold them. You've got to know when to grow the bowl cut out and when to walk away. Do you like it, Matt? I love it. You like what it's I did man. today? I love it. It's Thanks. really great. You should, um, you should see one of the pictures on, on Sky's credit card. Okay, I'll show you. Oh, I want to see it. have a bowl cut? I, I saw it the other day. It's pretty good. You'll like it. Well, you, no one can pull off a bowl cut quite like Sky can. We're coming back. We're talking barriers to personal change. We're bringing on our expert, Dr. Randy Gunther, is going to be joining us, teaching us some of the barriers we have to overcome to create personal change. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. Today we're talking about change, and I have, I don't know what to think right now. It's hard to talk. I just looked at a credit card with Skyboy's face on it. He was sporting a headband like, you know, LeBron James you might see wearing. There was no headband in that picture. You had a a huge red hair fro and a headband, I'm pretty sure. There was no headband. Well, what was that? When I lived under my parents' house, uh, my mom would cut my hair. You lived under the house? <laughs> when I lived in their house. Okay. Under the, the roof. I think I was going to say under their yeah, roof. Yeah, under the roof. Um, I w- they w- my mom would cut my hair, and she's not a hair-cutting person, a barber, whatever you a call it. A stylist. A stylist. She's not one of those. So what she would do, but my hair is pretty forgiving, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's pretty kind of all over the place. Yeah. So what yeah. she would do is she'd take little hair ties- and stick my hair up, and then it was easier for her to cut them. And that picture you saw was after she took all the hair ties out. It just stayed like that. Wow. Yeah. I'd pay 20 bucks to watch this process. Really? We can yeah. all, you pay, yeah, let's look that up. Can you Skype me in? Yeah. For $20. Anyway, I have a picture of that that I'm going to probably put on my Facebook page. So if any of you, <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. I'll let's, take, let's get one without the credit card number. I'll take number. the credit card number off. <laughs> I've, got, I've got pictures on Facebook. Oh, you do? Yeah. So don't. Don't put my credit card. Well, go to my Facebook page. Uh, just look up Matt Townsend on Facebook, and I'll have that really cool picture of Skyboy and probably, I don't know, even maybe his credit card number. Well, Matt doesn't just cross the line posting the photo of your credit card on Facebook. He also flipped the credit card over and took and a photo took of the, the security, security code, code. Oh, well, and also an posted that as well. You can't use the card without the security code. <laughs> Duh. Anyway, well, that's cute. Uh, so let's go back to our topic at hand here. Today we're talking about change. So what stops you from changing? Think of one thing that you know you have needed to change forever, okay, out there in listener land. What have you known forever that you've got to focus on? you got to get right. 
You got to get it done and you just don't do it. It just keeps sitting in front of your face and you don't change. That is the topic of the day. And our guest today is Dr. Randy Gunther is joining us. Uh, We will be taking calls as well. Uh, If you have a question about change for Dr. Gunther, 1-855-BYU-CHAT. Is that what it is or chat BYU? Chat BYU. (laughs) 1-855-CHAT-BYU. 1-855-CHAT-BYU. If you have any questions about change, today's your day and here's why. Dr. Randy Gunther is joining us. She is a clinical psychologist and marriage counselor practicing in Southern California. Now listen to this. Dr. Gunther has accumulated over 90,000 face-to-face hours with individuals and couples over her 40-year career. Dr. Gunther has been a very busy lady, and she has got a wealth of information she's going to share with us today about change. She has inspired hundreds of people in her workshops and lectures to go beyond their limitations and create successful relationships. She's the author of Relationship Saboteurs and When Love Stumbles. For more information, you can go check out her website, Randy Gunther, with an I, Randy, R-A-N-D-I, Gunther.com. Dr. Gunther, welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. My pleasure. So good to have you on the show. 90,000 hours. Wow. Well, it's probably more now. You sound like a lot of fun. Well, you know what? You have no idea. <laughs> I'm beginning to understand it. <laughs> we... um by the way, I, I coach couples, but the idea of spending 90,000 hours plus doing that is just overwhelming. How on earth did you sit for so many hours? Because sometimes it's hard to help people change, isn't it? Uh, yeah. How did you do it? Well, that's a really interesting question. I don't think anybody's ever asked me that before. I don't think you're racking up hours. You're sort of racking up relationships. Yeah, you are, aren't you? And, you know, when you get really close to people and you really care about them and they care about you, because you can't really make any change happen unless it's reciprocal. Yeah. Right? Right. So you're being affected all day long and you're forced to walk your own talk and make your own changes. I mean, some people can be a better coach than a player, but I don't ascribe to that. All right. So when you tell people what to do, you better be able to follow it up yourself. So true. So the major changes that I've been blessed with are my own. Well, and that's the key, huh? Because then it's not, this isn't a labor. This is a love, right? This is a labor of love, I guess. It's really my mission. And, you know, when I got married, it was I Love Lucy, and now it's Desperate Housewives. Talk about changes to relationships in 50 years. (laughs) Isn't it? Excuse me. Yeah. So you have to kind of keep up on it, you know, deal with all kinds of people, facing all kinds of things, and it keeps you alive and connected and... I love that. ...purposeful, right? Well, I think that's, that's what makes this subject so, I think, appropriate, because... Change, like even you're saying, and your life wasn't static for 40 uh-huh. years. It was constantly <laughs> no. changing, yet you you figured out, I guess, how to, how to kind of go with the changing flow. What, what do you notice as we go through this? What are the kinds of change that you see some of your clients and a lot of us struggle with the most? What, keep, what are we keeping ourselves from changing? Well, you know, I think a lot, a lot of people, Matt, have great desires and great aspirations to give birth to a better self every day. Yeah. Because, you know, boredom is one of the most significant destroyers of self and relationships. Mm. But people are so attached to security that they will fall back into patterns because they, can, they know what's going to happen and they kind of predict it and they have this illusion of security. Yeah. But when I, tell, when I tell people that, you know, nothing ventured, nothing lost is probably not a very good way to live life. Right. Because you're just focusing too much on starting from the end point and working backwards. Right. 
And, you know, that when you do that, people over and over and over just keep repeating the same patterns because they're too scared to break out of them. And the more you practice, the better you get at what you practice. If you practice stagnation, you get really good at it. Well, and then even it seems like a lot of us, we, uh, we then succeed enough that we accumulate something or we have a child or we, we gain some benefit in our life, then we spend our life in fear protecting it. Absolutely. So, you know what I mean? So it's either the fear of risking to get it or when we get it, it's then the desire to protect it so we don't lose it. Either way, those don't seem like, you know, great motivators to keep us changing. Well, you know, I, I, one of the things I've talked about is that I, I used to do a great many workshops. Right now I'm doing a lot of writing and doing a lot of working with people. But I would have these wonderful kind of weekend workshops and at the end of the workshops, I'd say, okay, go back like 10 years in your life, you know, and remember a major decision you made, one of these black and white decisions. Yeah. And you could go back now, you know, now knowing what you know now to when you were there, would you have taken more risks or become more security-oriented? Yeah. One person, Matt, out of one person out of 700 and something said, <laughs> I would have made a more secure decision. Isn't that it? Only one would back Only one. it down. Everybody else said I probably would have taken more risks. So I'm yeah. thinking, well, you know, project forward 10 years. You know, what are you doing now? It's such a I good I know. Question. I'm talking about calculated risk. I'm not talking yeah. about stupidity. Yeah, I'm going to go crazy. And, right. Yeah, I'm just talking about, hey, look, you know, don't stay with the same stuff because life's short. Yeah. And every time you go through a window of potential, it opens up a whole bunch of other potentials. I so love that If you stay theory. with one to stay all the time, you know, you're going to get pretty good at that white picket fence. But mm-hmm. when you get a plant inside of it, if you just keep rearranging furniture, right. at some point, you know, you're going to be looking at self saying, you know, what's the point? Why am I even here? Yeah, what so, is the know, point if all you're doing, you're too afraid to do anything and then you're too protective? Right. I mean, it's... Uh, well, then the past defines the future, does it not? Yeah, totally. And then you're sitting there sort of like a Boy Scout being good all the time, waiting for life to happen to you because yeah. you're not... You're not making it happen. You're not intending it to happen. Yeah, you kind of assume it'll, it'll, you know, you'll, you'll just get the blessings. You know, life will just bring it to you on a platter. That's like living life with a, a multiple choice exam. None of the answers you, yeah. you get to write or yeah. the questions you get yeah. to write, right? And then, uh, of course, life hits you with unexpected sorrows. I live in the middle of tragedy every day in here. Mm-hmm. And what I look at is not, not who people are when they get what they want and they're comfortable, but who who they are when their life gets disrupted. Right. Then I find out who they really are inside their hearts and what their potential is. And one of the things you have to do as a therapist is you want to give people dreams, but not dreams beyond what they're capable of. Right. You don't want to, so, yeah, yeah. So, no, that's mean. So what you try to do is look at all the barriers that keep them from changing, you know, old biases. I mean, I, I have people all the time in here who want to who wanna think and believe a different way, but they've been taught from the, since the time they were a child. You know, you go to the other side, man, you can't come home. And so they're scared. There's yeah. these deep inbred prejudices, but they're holding them back. And they don't even work anymore. Sometimes they're to ancestors two semesters gone. And mm. they're still, you know, this is like the boy in the burning bridge, you know, and that yeah. waiting for the captain to release him. And I'm saying, you know, do you really want to become the people that you're emulating? Yeah. No. God forbid. I saw, uh, I, I saw that, actually, um, somebody that was a Depression-era grandparent who, um, you know, he couldn't believe I was leaving a good job to go kind of start my own thing. Uh, and he looked at me, he's like, Matt, are you sure? I mean, because well, in his wait, day wait, and wait, age, you never gave up a job, right? You never... Well, no, you saved strings. That's you right. Know, all, the, all the doorknobs were covered with so much string, you couldn't turn them. <laughs> right? Just in case you needed a rubber yeah, band. Yeah, you never know when thing. you'll need a rubber band. You never know when you'll need some string. That's right. You know, so I have tremendous respect for the barriers because a lot of times people will will have great dignity around them. Right. They've suffered so much with their limitations. Yeah. 
you don't just jump in and say, oh, you know, why don't you change? It's like, let's look at the things that are holding you back. If you, if you want to fly and you've got a, nail, a shoe nailed to the floor, it was nailed there at some point for some good reason. Right. And are you still stuck that way because you just haven't looked at that nail for a long time? That's you know, what, is, what are the tethers you have to cut to make this fly? Well, and it seems like it's hard for us to sometimes realize them because we don't see it as a tether. We just no, see it as a great word of wisdom that someone passed down to us. Absolutely, or but, we see it, or we see it as a necessary tether to keep us from being bad. Yeah, you don't. Yeah, you don't want to be bad. You don't want to do. You don't want to make a mistake. I mean, because it seems like this could be handed down as a principle, like uh-huh. whatever you do, kids, work hard. That's a great principle that seems like it could stand the test of time. And then another, uh, but then something could also sound like a principle, like whatever you do, don't ever give up a job that once you've got one. You bet. <laughs> and it's like, but you might not ever get another one. That's right. but they, they, and they might sound like the same wisdom because they no, came from the, sound, the same voice. Hold on, you can extend that to relationships. Yeah. I mean, they don't ever, you know, don't ever leave this relationship. You may be miserable. You may be abused. You may be, right. You know, but you might not find a better one. Right. Just learn to live with it and accept it the way you are. And there's a lot to be said for people who don't run quickly. Right. Or have tolerance, you know, for for waiting for something to get better. But I watch people all the time. They're just stuck. You know, I can do a whole relationship in this room, and I'm sure you can, in three sessions. Oh, yeah. Okay, let me play all the parts. (laughs) And they're shocked that that they're doing the same thing. Yeah. Isn't you know, that? Said, you know, can you just, just take my hand and sit in the bleachers and watch the game with me, you know, where you're playing, yeah. and I look at it, maybe we can change the score? And sometimes they look at you like, are we repeating patterns? Well, that, that's uh, what's yeah. funny. If the pattern's so predictable, uh-huh. there's an obvious need for change. Absolutely. I mean, because anything that's that predictable that you act it out every day, somebody's got to get present and get in the moment and start changing. And you'd be so surprised. Oh, me probably wouldn't, but most people would be incredibly surprised at how people deal with the sort of superficial symptoms of something mm-hmm. because they're scared to get just down a little deeper saying, wow, we are doing the same argument we've been done for 10 yeah. years. Maybe we better check on why we're doing so, that and what we're avoiding by doing this instead. Groundhog Day. So a lot of times people, no, people will fight because they're scared of intimacy. Right. Or they'll fight because they're scared of loss. Or they'll fight because that's the only intimacy they have left. Right. And then so you're going to take the fighting away from them. They won't have anything to say. Yeah, well, how will we connect? Yeah. So I'll say to people, okay, in the next week, you can only say negative things on the Internet to each other. And then you can only say positive things in person. And they say, well, we don't have anything to talk about. Yeah. Well, this silence is killing us. Well, I guess we better look at that then, huh? Exactly. You know, so, but, I, but I'm a kind of a practical idealist. I'm like the, I'm like the person saying, hey, well, look, there's got to be one more rock we can overturn. There has to be something we're missing. I totally and, agree. And if you have that sense of adventure, even in the search, people get more open to looking at possibilities. I tell them, investigation is not commitment. Exploration mm. is not an entrapment. Right. Looking at things differently doesn't mean you have to choose them. It means now you have a choice. I love that. So investigation is not a commitment. No. And exploration is not an entrapment. And yeah, attachments see. Are not, attachments are not attra- uh, entrapments. They're just things that you're afraid to give up. I, so, I you know, everybody doesn't want to let go of one trapeze if there's not one swinging toward you. Right? I get that, you know, but a free fall sometimes is the best way to learn anything. I, I think, see, you're, there you go. Human nature right there. It's, we've, almost, we've almost kind of impeded our curiosity to change by all of these assumptions. Like if I start investigating other options, I'm obviously committed. If I listen to my husband, I obviously have to – I must be agreeing. 
Absolutely. That I can listen and not agree. Oh, not only that, but a great salesman listens a lot. Exactly. Their bottom line. And gets a ton of power it, there. Well, yeah, you get a lot of power by finding out where another person is coming from first. But if you have to, you know, push in real quickly to give an argument because, God forbid, you'll be absorbed if you don't. Yeah. No, you that's huge. Very much. That's huge. We're talking with Dr. Randy Gunther. She is the author of Relationship Saboteurs and When Love Stumbles. Go check out her website, randygunther.com. That's Randy with an I, gunther.com. We're going to take a break. We're going to come back and get into the barriers to personal change. Start talking more about what are the specific barriers, things we need to be looking for in order to create a little bit of a change in our lives. Again, we don't need a big change. Sometimes just a little tiny change can go a very long way. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. We are speaking with Dr. Randy Gunther. She's a clinical psychologist and a marriage counselor. She's been practicing in Southern California and has accumulated, let's just say, 2 billion hours, 90,000 plus hours face-to-face. It's got to be higher than that, she was thinking. She's been at this a while, 40-year career plus uh, helping people. And it's her mission. It's her passion. She wants to help people. She's the author of the Relationship Saboteurs book and When Love Stumbles. You can find those books on our website, randygunther.com. Dr. Gunther, welcome back to the show. I am glad to be here. You're so much fun. Oh, thank you. Are you always just like kind no, of goofy? And no, great? we had sugar right before the show. Well, So I'm amped that. up. No, we're pretty goofy. And part of that is I'm finding out that a lot of people won't listen unless you're goofy. Well, you're doing the right thing. Have you noticed that? Well, I heard that a lot of people won't listen, period, so you found the key. That's so true. If you could see how we were dressed up, you'd really be impressed. Uh, I got a great visual already. <laughs> so help me on this, because change is it's hard anyway, and a lot of our change is kind of so ingrained. I mean, some of our change is just seriously... Uh, um, you know, kind of genetic. It's evolutionary, right? We, we've been kind of wired to be fight or flighters a little bit. We've been wired to avoid oh, yeah, risk. Hold on, hold on a minute. That's our animal brain. We right. Do have, we do have frontal lobes, and we're supposed no, to have we do. Plan, plan A, B, B, and C, but you're absolutely right. I mean, but that doesn't work. No. It, it work. ends up impeding us, doesn't it? Yeah, you, or you can't control situations. Yeah. People do move to that animal brain. You uh, have to I get think. to the hybr- the other brain, right? The yeah, the Yeah, well, as long as you don't go reptile and just get a deer in a headlight number... But, you know, that middle brain has one very, very strong component that, that I can use often to help people to motivate them to change by terror of being the same person. Oh, yeah. That's your, you know, your, your, your middle brain really is a brain of victim mm. because all, the only chances you have in, the, in a midbrain are fight, flight, or freeze. Yeah. And that's the way we feel on the other end of being abused or cornered or trapped. So when people move out of their frontal lobes and they don't take charge of their life anymore and they don't intend their life other than let it happen to them, they are left with a very, very victimized process. Huh. And that means they are 100% dependent on other people's expectations of them, other people's gifts to them, other attachments they have to people. One of the greatest barriers of change is the fear of giving up what you have or the fear of not getting what you want. Hmm. And what that does, it makes people begin a tremendous process of self-sacrifice, self-blackmail, you know, giving up one's integrity and hope that they can hold on to the attachments that they want. So when the Buddhists say, you know, give up attachments, yeah. I'll never, never be able to give them all up. I'm sorry, I have to admit that. But it is an important thing not to start from 
what you want to end up with and work backwards because you're going to limit your behaviors. Oh, interesting. And you're not going to be innovative. You can't be innovative if you're holding on to what you've got. Yeah, I, I think that's you can't be. I mean, because it's such a base form of living, isn't it? Isn't it? Yes, it's a base form of living. And you know, there are a lot of people that like one of the one of the barriers to change. And I say this over and over again: is people can be so exhausted, so overwhelmed, Matt, by all the demands. Of what the, how they have to live this new depersonalized sort of IT life. Yeah. That, you know, change is like falling upward, man. It takes energy. It takes energy and resources. And if you're pre-committed and your emotional credit card is already overdrawn, you know, where do you get the God-blessed energy yeah. to look at your life, let alone change it? So very often before any change can happen, people have to kind of let go of the things that are exhausting them. Well, what what if really... what's exhausting you are your kids? What oh, are there things you can't well, wait, 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 let go hold of? Hold on, kids are energy vampires. Right. They're right. <laughs> but but it's really not your kids that's that, that are taking it out of you. It's it's, it's your, your expectations. Need, your yeah. to be the best parent in the world, and to yeah. never deny them anything they yeah, need. Yeah, you need them perfect. Right. You know the, the greatest gift you can give kids. I work with a lot of adolescents, and if they can take away your love of life, you're dead. <laughs> right. You know, they walk in, you throw about a twelve foot aura, and you say, "You can say anything in the world to me. You can use swear words. It really doesn't matter. It just doesn't communicate very much. Yeah. But you're not going to take away how much I love being alive." So, you know, go at it because it's not going to work. That is – see, that. look at how centered you are. And but you ha- you know, have you're not reacting way. to them. Right. My reacting to, to an adolescent who, right. who is naturally narcissistic is my one response is what's in it for me. That's right. That's the rule. Don't let the most <laughs> challenged lead the show. You bet. Right. <laughs> Because you're dead. I mean, you can't do that. No. You're, you're dealing with an adolescent, and they're on a moving earthquake, and they're a different person every seven and a half minutes. You know, try to follow that one. Right. You just kind of stand back and watch the show. How do you – answer me this, Dr. Right. Gunther. How do you um, – how do you – because you we were talking earlier about these tethers that, you know, these preconceptions that have been handed down, these expectations. And cultural expectations. And cul- I mean, it's cultural. Yeah. I mean, every – Really, every institution is going to hand you, you know, conceptualizations and 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 preconceptions. So, you bet. Uh, how am well, I supposed to check my own thinking without using my own thinking? Wonderful question. And you know, one of the things I tell people is that put together a composite of all the people you've ever been deeply impressed with in your life, you know, hmm. male, female, media, books, movies people you've known or been lucky enough, put together a composite person and make that person your sort of go-to guru. Mm. And when you have a decision you have to make, ask that person what they would do, what he or she would do. That is beautiful. You can do that, and you can change that composite composite person all the time. I love the composite idea, because then you can kind of, you can create the idyllic human. Over and over and over again. But it becomes, you know, my kids in here, you know, all the kids in here are, you know, bisexual, atheists, Mm -hmm. vegetarians. You know, that's that's their sort of cluster. Right. And I say to them, you know, you're not an atheist. You're a theist in search of a God you can believe in. That's beautiful. And, you know, so why don't you start to create that God light? Why don't you tell me what would impress you, not what doesn't impress you? Yeah, again, you know, appreciative. That's instead, a positive no, approach. Yeah, give me an instead of. Don't yeah. tell me what you don't like. Tell me what you'd prefer. You know, take a position of leadership. Get in the saddle rather than holding onto the tail and bouncing along behind your horse. Yeah. It's just it's, not going to get you anywhere. Maybe you don't have any responsibility for outcome, but what are you going to do in terms of choosing your life? Right. I know, think a lot that's, of people don't want responsibility for outcome, Matt. They'd right. rather let, blame it on somebody else. Well, I think how convenient. 
Yes, much more convenient, but in the, but the end run, at the end of the day, it's just, you know, when am I going to take charge of my own life? Yeah, yeah. And when you do make that decision, it's really amazing. Uh, options, options present themselves that you didn't see before. So that is a key to change is fi- find an, an appreciative, positive uh, role model, whether it composite. Like, I mean, that, I think that's why a lot of people believe in a God, because it gives them this this idyllic entity, right? And then, um, you know, and then, you know, as humans, we kind of mess it up for each other. Yeah, um, well, as long as people don't look at that God as, you know, if I don't do it that right, way. Right, punitive, person. right. Yeah, you don't want it that way, but you certainly need something to aspire to, everybody does. Oh, absolutely, and if you can't you know, have that, I love the composite idea, because yeah. you could take the patience of Grandma, and the hard work of Grandpa, and the dedication of, I mean, you can put anybody in there. Anybody in it, and particularly saying, well, what's important to me? Well, having fun is important. Well, who do I know that balances that out? I had the most amazing experience 30 years ago. I was sitting at Esalen in a room by myself about 11 o'clock at night. And this tall, gray-haired, 80-year-old man, I was in my 40s, walked in the room, kind of playing a game of chess with himself. And we started to talk. We had this, like, two-and-a-half-hour conversation talking about he had traveled a lot. I had not traveled as much. He was asking me about my dissertation. I'll shorten this because it's a beautiful story. Anyway, I said goodbye and hugged him goodbye and said, I'm not afraid of getting old because look at you. And then six months later, a couple of my kids were graduating from the same university. He was the keynote speaker, Margaret Mead's husband, Gregory Oh, Nathan. wow. Are you kidding? And, I, and so I look at him. I'm standing about 30 feet away from him. How neat. I look up, and he smiles, parts the water, and comes up and hugs me and says, did you graduate? He How remembered you. Yeah. I thought, yeah, he was there, so wasn't he? achieved who is so present, yeah. incredibly present in his life, and made me feel just like we'd known each other forever and never forgot me. And, of course, I would never forget him. No. What, who, what was his name? Oh, that would be one of my people in my compound. Yeah, yeah. Margaret, and right away, it's like he gets locked in. He's in my gin rummy hand forever. Well, <laughs> I love that. And that will always, so you look for those people in your life that touch you. A child can do it. Yeah. And you say, wow, that is a characteristic I want to ascribe to. I'm never going to be it. Yeah. But man, I'm sure going to keep it as my life. Love that. Of me. And then every time I go to make a decision, I say to myself, is this in line with who I want to become? Hmm. Because if I go, if I make a different decision, yeah, there's going to be a whirlpool and I'm going to be pulled off my course. And maybe sometimes I'll find out things there that I wouldn't. But if you ask yourself every time you make a decision, every time you utter a word, is this in line with the person I'm trying to become? Yeah. Rather than then those barriers become much more obvious. Yeah, change isn't as big of a deal because every then change is a step closer to who you want to become. Absolutely. And not only that, but it will also, as I said, it will outline very strongly for you, embolden yeah. those things that get in your way between you and those dreams. Love it. Yeah. Oh, you're good. We're talking with Dr. Randy Gunther. Go check out her website, randygunther.com. She's the author of Relationship Saboteurs and When Love Stumbles. We'll be right back. We're going to keep talking change here on the Matt Townsend Show right here on BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. I'm your host, Dr. Matt Townsend. Hey, speaking of change, we're on the show, we're talking about change. We've been talking about it for the last hour. And uh, cute little Skyboy made me a, I guess it's a boat, looks more like a party hat. And uh, I think he's trying to change. He's trying to show some care. And some How love. does that not look like a boat? 
It looks exactly hat. like a boat. Have you not seen a party hat? I've seen party hats. It doesn't. It resembles a what boat. boat has so a big hole in the bottom of it. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> not to be rude, because we're trying to change. Aren't we, Sky? That's the goal. I was just trying to help you change a minute ago, and then you got all mad at me, saying, don't tell me who I can date. <laughs> Well, you're always throwing out suge- you're always like telling me that I'm going to marry specific people and I've never expressed any interest in hey, that person. Who's got the PhD here? You've got one. I don't know of what. I, mean, I know though. you think this is your life and you're in charge of it, but uh no. Not you're, as long you're in as charge you work, of my life. As long as you work with me, I'm going to get you married. All right, let's get me married to someone I like. I bet you Dr. Gunther wouldn't like this approach of mine. Just telling you who you got to marry. Let's not tell her we were talking about it. We're bringing on our guest, Dr. Randy Gunther is joining us. Now, Randy Gunther has been a clinical psychologist, marriage counselor, practicing in Southern California for over 90,000 face-to-face hours with clients. That's a long time. That's over 40-plus years of working with couples and individuals. It's a hard job, folks. And so we're trying to get all the information we can out of Dr. Gunther. She's also the author of Relationship Saboteurs and When Love Stumbles, two wonderful books you ought to go check out. She's inspired hundreds of people in her workshops and lectures to help them go beyond their limitations and create successful relationships. Go check out her information on her website, Randy with an I, Gunther.com, RandyGunther.com. Dr. Gunther, welcome back to the Matt Townsend Show. I'm having a wonderful time. Good. Now, you didn't hear how I was trying to get him married, did you? Well, you know, I'd really like to know more about why he's not married. Well, get in line. We've been <laughs> we've sent so many people to figure that out. Well, he sounds a little bit like he has a defense mechanism, but sort of a teasing sarcasm. Yeah, that's him. And, you know, some people that's totally understand him. that behind that can be real vulnerability yes. and simpleness, but yes. other people take it as a kind of you a You have nailed behavior. him. <laughs> and he also wears uh, footsie pajamas everywhere he goes, which well, is another that, problem. that wouldn't be a total turn-off unless he wears them outside <laughs> or to dinner. Well, then it might, might be uh, weird. That's what he a, does. In the privacy of your own home. That's right. Nope, nope, he wears them to work. So, um, <laughs> Dr. Gunther, let's let's fix uh, this problem that all humans have, right? So we're, tr- we're, kind, of, we're kind of fearful. Uh, we have these little patterns we use, it seems like, to protect ourselves, to preserve ourselves. We don't want to lose what we already have. No. We also, uh, we, we, we probably, in a way, don't want to be told what to do. Or, or change for somebody else. You know, it's okay if somebody is a catalyst, but you never want to change for somebody. Right. It just doesn't work. It doesn't hold. You know, I won't drink if you'll marry me. Yeah. And as soon as you say, I don't like who you are, I get to drink again, and I can ask and use it as justification. That's great. But, but if d- you're with somebody and, you're, and they're just a great person, and you say, where are you plugged in? You know, I'd like to be like you. And they say, well, wait a minute, you've got to find your own plug, but I can sure hold the light for you. That person becomes catalytic, and if they leave your life, you don't change those changes. Right, no. Because you haven't done it for somebody else. Yeah. But that it's... person's been, you know, been an inspiration for you. Well, that's the key. I guess, you, I mean, that's probably a key to a healthy relationship then, right, is that two people have their own identities. They're kind of both plugged in independently, so we can still function independently, but we choose to grow together. Uh, and to be each other's best president of your fan club. Mm-hmm. You know that I would say I'm going to say something probably a little outrageous, but it's okay. Yeah. In all the years that I've worked with people, I would say five percent of people know how to love. Oh no, I think you're right. Five percent of people, and because nine, the other ninety-five percent love possessively, they circle through someone to alleviate their anxiety, or to make them feel less depressed, or for a person to to help them be somebody they wish they could be but can't be without them. Mm-hmm. 
It's like a, a reciprocal love, love isn't it? Oh, but that, possessive love, you know, controlling love. Yeah. That's it. But when people love, when you know, if you, if I know that you could be a more joyous, more happy, more fulfilled person away from me, why would I ever hold you back? Right. Why would I want to be with you when I knew you were wishing it would be better somewhere else? Yeah. But people have a very hard time at. No, we do, letting, don't we? Letting go. And, you know, when you love somebody unpossessively, guess what? Nobody leaves those people. Yeah. It ends up really working. Yeah. Not as a game. Yeah, no, yeah. Just because cause it's so fulfilling. Because yeah. the person's in parallel to you. You're kind of, for a moment, an hour, a lifetime next to each other. People say to me, you've only been married once. I say, yeah, but I've been married to 12 different men. They're just the same guy. Uh-huh. I get bored really easily, and I'm really, really, you know, perverse and mischievous when I'm bored. And I can just never get a beat on him because he's always changing. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. I love the idea that I have to rediscover him all the time. Well, and if you can love another, you could love yourself that you same bet. way. Well, love who you're becoming. Like I said, you've got to give birth to a better version of yourself every day. Otherwise, you're going to meet yourself coming back, and <laughs> yeah. all the mirrors you look in just reinforce what you already hate or love. Yeah. What's the point? You know, what's the point? Don't you want to be excited? And excitement, of course, comes with anxiety. So why don't you just make anxiety a friend? Yeah, (laughs) it's not your enemy. It's your catalyst. If you're changing, you're going to feel anxious because you haven't been here before. So what? That's huge. And guess what? The scary part is you can always go back. Uh Uh-huh. The joy is not without what you've known. Yeah, that's... um... I guess when you think of it, it's we. This is the tell me this because I hear this every day. And okay, so what you just everything you just described, and then I have somebody say, "Well, yeah, yeah, you're right." Um, but but it's hard. And when I hear that phrase, it's what they're doing is they're just reinforcing the argument that they can't. Yeah, they're telling you how hard it is, or all the reasons why they can't change. And you you then you say to them, "Well, then can you?" with all of your heart and soul, embrace who you are. Because at least you're not living a life of wishing you were someone you're not. So you're living constantly in that tragedy gap between who you want to be and who you are. And that's not life. You call that the tragedy gap. Oh, you bet. Which is the gap between your ideal and your real? What you wish you could be, what you want to be, what's in your life, and how you actually live your life over and over again. Because there are real things. I mean, when people have had terrible trauma in childhood, really terrible trauma, and they try to really overcome that, the few people that are able to actually get stronger, like people that have overcome terrible tragedies and really do triumph over them, it's like a broken bone that heals it stronger. But when you look at people who have had terrible heartbreaks and terrible losses, sometimes I see people in my office and I so admire because I don't think I could do what they're doing. It's like you're still alive, you're still excited, yeah. you're still looking forward to life. You know, like, you know, how it's do you huge. do that? Yeah. And I, that becomes a person in my... In That's my, right. So you just add them to your list of your composite. You I say, I want to do that. I love that. Oh, uh, let me find out how that works for you. Can Other our, people, you know, just get knocked down. And they, as you said a few minutes ago, they make all kinds of reasons and excuses. I say to them, don't put yourself on a witness stand. Yeah. Don't give yourself a right, a right to stick where you are. If you really do have those attachments and you really can't do that, don't beat yourself up about it. Hmm. You know, because maybe this won't change, but maybe something next to it will. They'll push the things that work, yeah. and sometimes they'll pull the other stuff along with them. Well, yeah, and it seems like the more you're into the, the more you're working on it and into it, you're going to start creating more light, which will give you more understanding of what to work and how to Absolutely. work. Absolutely, and, and it'll pull the other. Sometimes something that feels really stuck will move when you move something next to it. Uh-huh. 
Yeah. All of a sudden, it's like a log jam. No, totally. You pull something out and something else will start moving that you thought was absolutely stuck forever. Yep. But it's not. It was just hidden under something. I almost drowned in a river this year. I thought I was drowning because I was stuck under a bush. We were all floating down the river, and I was stuck under a bush, and then, you know, five other people were pushing me under the bush. But all I had to do was turn around and kick them all off. I mean, they were all on tubes. Yeah, one time time I was little, and I was standing in the ocean running away from miserable boy cousins who were teasing me, and I didn't look, and I turned around, and there was this 100-foot wave. That's what it looked like Uh coming at me. And I thought for sure I was going to die, and I looked over, and there was this dad with a two-year-old on his shoulders. He just motioned to hold my nose and go under the water. (laughs) You know, and I did, and the wave went over me, and I thought, that's right. That was so easy. That's right. right. You don't fight it. You just duck down, and it'll go over you, and then you're okay. I mean, that, that's, that's the real thing of life is the more you fight the wave, the more beat up you are and maybe not even – and it'll carry you farther away and the less able you are to deal with it it's versus letting metaphor. it just pass. Let it go yeah. over you. Yeah, let it go over you and then start again. It's a metaphor, but mm-hmm. it's a beautiful metaphor. Is it uh, – do you think some of our basic character types or – like if somebody's just kind of inherently anxious – Mm-hmm. This seems to be change seems to be even more difficult or if they're kind of, of just inherently lacking momentum because they're a little lazy or dependent or or insecure. I mean, how, how does that how do we overcome people, uh, that? It's a wonderful question. I think you have to get people in touch with what they're paying for how they are now. Because very often people forget. It's like if somebody takes money out of your paycheck every yeah. week, you don't notice it. No, yeah. You say, you know, what are you paying? In order to live the life the way you're living it now, is it really worth it for you? This is not free. There's no such thing as a free lunch. If you're choosing to live, for instance, in a horrendous, heartbreaking relationship, it's costing you every single day. So what I'm asking you to spend may initially seem like more, but over time may be really much less. You know, unless you try something different, you're stuck. You're going to be putting this out forever, and your relationship is going to become much more putting much less out, putting much more out than yeah. you're getting in return. You're so, paying for something. It's not free. So it's so kind sometimes of... Sometimes people just, they, they, they forget that what that the choices they're right. making oh, are yeah. free. So I mean, it's like, yeah, I can just, I can keep doing this. Yeah. But they're not yeah. even that coherent I know about what it. this costs. You yeah. know what this is. I can make and you say, no, 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 you don't know what it costs. No. You well, can't see the other side. That, that, that's an interesting little technique we used to use in the corporate world where they'll come and tell me about a problem with low trust in their organization. And we used to say, oh, okay, yeah, let's go with that. But then if you would actually say, okay, what's this low trust costing you? Exactly. Well, then all of a sudden they're like, well, it, it cost us a $200,000 deal last month. Yeah. And then you're like, okay, well, then my $50,000 fix isn't that bad, is it? No, then it's example. easier, right? You've kind of Wonderful created metaphor. the understanding. Exactly. So you have to get people in touch with you. you there's something making you really uncomfortable. You yeah. want to hear. What are you sitting on? Yeah. Are you just used to those little spikes? I mean, uh-huh. they're making holes in you. I mean, are you feeling that? That's huge. You say, yeah. So you get people understanding what they're already paying. Maybe it doesn't sound so scary to do something else. Well, you know, they... Very often people come into therapy in pieces anyway because they're in crisis. And it's like, don't put those pieces back together the way they were. Right. You know, put yep. it back together in a new way. You remember the scarecrow and the Wizard of Oz? That's me all over. <laughs> yeah, stu- restuff them. Stuff you back better, better. But that's the consciousness, isn't it? We've got to be very uh, mindful. We've got to be very present. Uh, and you have to also not be afraid to leave your old self behind. We get really attached to certain ways we are in the world. You can only do so much in this world. And sometimes if you're going to make a major transformation, you can't act in old ways anymore. They don't work. Yeah. They're, they're like embarrassing. Yeah. You know, one of the most wonderful pieces of, of advice I ever got from uh, my wonderful therapist who died when he was 51, hmm. my best friend in the world, he said to me, when you have an argument, you know, with your husband, 
turn on a little video camera. Yeah. And then show it to three people you want to impress the next day. <laughs> I can't shut that camera I know. off. I know. <laughs> it's like, whoa, I wouldn't want any. Wow. I better pay, I better be a person I like a little better in the midst of oh, this intensity. I love that. I yeah. you know it's so funny. I always recommend that with my clients. Hey, so when it starts getting tense and you start noticing the signs of a fight coming on, let's just agree we'll turn on our cameras and our recorders. Yes, and then we'll show it to three people we want. Impressed. It's amazing, and then yeah. nobody's like, "Yeah, we're good. We don't oh, need." To. And, and they they actually, which tells us that if you can get something to bring you to the moment, you usually can perform better. Well. Change can only happen in the moment anyway. Yeah. You know, when you make people feel very immediate. I had a man once say to me, you know, nobody ever listens to me. And I just <laughs> looked all around the room and I said, I'm listening to you. Keep going. Yeah, but I have to pay you. No, you couldn't pay me enough to listen to you. Yeah. You know, just say at least people only listen to me when I pay them. At yeah. least I won't be erased. Yeah. Because I'm in the room with you. You know, don't do that to yourself. Oh, don't, cre- don't create a self in the midst of the potential for change and pretend there's no one around. Yeah. Yeah, like, like, la, 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 this isn't happening. Yeah. No, it's happening. Yeah, yeah. Don't you're change it, yeah. You're affecting people all the time. They're affecting you all the time. You know, you've got to take charge of this process. It's Otherwise, so, you go through life just absolutely reactive. It's so stressful, isn't it? I mean, and the, a lot of the stress isn't real. It's not even present. It's, right. it's a past stress. It's an, expect, it's an expected stress. It's the fear of the future stress. Um, what, what do we do when we just feel too tired to take on the change? Well, like it's know, just the, too the, big. There's a, there's a wonderful Indian medicine wheel that when you're spiritually tired, you do physical work. When you're physically tired, you do spiritual work. If you're emotionally tired, you move to intellect. If you're intellectually tired, you move to emotion. That's huh. the opposite side of the Indian wheel. The important thing, of course, is to take a deep look at your body. You know, usually you move first to the physical. You know, are you breathing in your lower body? Are you only breathing in your upper triangle, which is going to maintain your anxiety, rapid breathing, sickness? You know, are you moving enough because the body clogs up like a backed-up toilet, you mm-hmm. know? Are you moving stuff through you? Are you attached to things that are causing you much more pain? I mean, life should be a balance of 10% service, 80% reciprocity, 10% synergy, you know, yeah. more than some of the parts. But sometimes we're in life where we have to give 80% service. Yeah. It's like, how do, you, how do you balance that? How do you keep your heart going during processes like that? Because a lot of people are really loaded down, as you well know. They are. But, but and, you, it's and, neat that you distinguish because they might just be physically loaded down, but you could still go do spiritual work. Or they might be absolutely. mentally loaded down and you can do – was the other one emotional work? Emotional is opposite intellectual. Intellectual is opposite emotional. So okay. you just sort of use the thing that isn't just worn out. Yeah. I yeah, love and, I mean, because, and then you're always working some part of you. You're always working some part of you that always is trying to help the other parts of you move. So, you, you know, you're not alone. You don't have this sense of, I only have to do it this one way. Very often you have to stop doing it the way that's not working. I love And do that. something completely innovative. Because it, the other part will move along with you. It's like there are different fractions of you. you yeah, know, yeah. Like, like the little old you know, balls and typewriters that would turn around. All of us have those different facets. You get one of them moving, it moves the others. Well, and that's what makes you whole. That's what That's makes right. you healthy. Ultimately integrated, ultimately yeah. whole, ultimately using whatever you were blessed with and burdened with, yeah. integrating them together for the best possible result. Huge. Oh, yeah. Listen. Wow, look at you. Dr. Randy Gunther, give us one more thing. So if we, had to, if we had to choose one key of everything we've talked about or something we haven't mentioned yet, what's the one thing that, you, you, that would bring us the fastest uh, you know, kind of focus and centered change? 
Well, that's a wonderful question. Let me think about it for a minute. Maybe you already mentioned it with the composite. I mentioned a lot of things. I think probably if I had to pick one thing that would make it, it would be faith. Hmm. That change is really possible. Because if you don't believe that it's possible, that's probably the biggest thing that pulls you back. Love and it. Faith, you know, faith is something that you've got to you've got to got to go on. And you look at other people, and you see other people that inspire you, and you say, you know, it is really possible to transform because it is. I love that. I mean, and again, that's the there's the there's the beginning of the rest of the story, isn't it? There's the beginning. Absolutely, absolutely. So faith that, that change is really possible. Absolutely. Beautiful. We've uh, been talking with Dr. Randy Gunther. Go uh, check out her website, randygunther.com. Randy with an I, by the way. She's the author of Relationship Saboteurs and When Love Stumbles. Dr. Gunther, thank you so much. I really had fun, Mark. Tons of insight. We loved having you on the show. And uh, just, again, I can't reiterate more her last thought. Faith that change is really possible. You can change. It's out there. It's, It's actually, it's in you. It's already there. Uh, We're going to take a break. We're going to come right back and get into uh, a little bit more talk about change. How do we uh, how do we actually, you know, not get too obsessed and not become too apathetic to it? This is the Matt Townsend show. You're listening to us right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. Today we're talking about change. And we were going to have that song about change. Sing it for me a bit, Sky. Just that ch-ch-ch-ch-change. You know that song? I don't. Otherwise, I would totally sing it. You don't have it? You I just was don't thinking have of a totally it? different song. You were? Yeah. I was thinking of Changes by Tupac. Ah, oh, Tupac. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't, I, I don't know that one. How? He sounded like a great guy. Yeah. should look it up. I ought to. Because I'm... A lot of people don't know how hip I am. Maybe you need to change this ty- the type of music you listen to. Some friends of mine... Well, some friends of mine are going to see the, sh- the, the uh, concert with um, Pink this Thursday. Oh. I didn't know she was coming. I didn't either. But I was bummed. Because I would have gone. Not a big Pink fan. You're not? No. Why? I just... I just not. What? Why? I don't know. I think... I was on a trip in Hawaii with my aunt and my cousin this yeah. past summer, remember? Oh, yeah. They played pink the whole time. Smart family. I got sick of it. Yeah. Well, you know, not everyone is, um, not everyone can play the polka and not everyone can do big band like you. Yeah. I'd take polka over pink any day. So. What? <laughs> I'd play the accordion and I'd take pink over polka. That's how No, it is. pink's fine. She's great. Yeah. Our own ha- uh, ha- Hannah. Hannah Montana. Montana. I, what it is is I've got the road to Hana in my mind, which is a road in Maui to Hana. Anyway, Hannah Montana is joining us. Now, Hannah has been researching a concept because sometimes with change, you get there's this weird balance between kind of accepting and apathy. Is that right? Yeah. So I think that a lot of the research and a lot of people that have talked about the subject – um, are saying that there's a difference between inner peace and actually being happy. Yeah. Um, because you you may think that you're at peace and that you've accepted something, but really you've actually just become apathetic. So you're just indifferent. Yeah. So, okay, that's interesting. So you feel you've accepted it in your life 
but uh, you're not – you don't see a need to change just because you're becoming um, indifferent, apathetic. Is that what you're saying? So like you're getting lazy. So I'm saying there's a lot of things that you, you want to change about yourself. Right. And there's a lot of things that are valid that you want to change yourself, change right. about yourself. But there's a lot of things that really don't matter and you're beating yourself up over it. That's it. So you just need to accept those things um, rather than obsess about it. Like you could obsess about your body shape. Yeah. I mean and, you, or you what could, you're born with. Yeah. I mean, it's and not a matter so of mad weight. That you've got – like Sky, you've got, <laughs> you've just got, you, you're, you've just got this shape that you don't like, or you could just accept your shape, like Matt, like I have. Just learn to accept it. Well, I don't. I'm not <laughs> accepting because right. I'm starting. <laughs> I'm starting to run because you I have an the Iron, Iron Man. Man. Yeah. You have the watch. You got the shoes. I got socks. You got socks. He needs spandex. Got it. Still have yet to see a, get the treadmill plugged in or. Step oh, outside the door. I better buy an extension cord. <laughs> That'll take a while. That's rude. So you're saying we, with part of change, some change isn't important. You've got to kind of get focused on, is this a really necessary change? Or are you just obsessing in a way and you just need to accept the fact this is who you are? Yeah. How would you know if it's one you need to change? Like if you get winded walking upstairs, you shouldn't just <laughs> accept that. I mean, unless you're asthmatic. Like me. Like you. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You should try to do what you can. Get your meds. Take your pills. <laughs> like you don't want to just go accepting your well, yeah, asthmatic. But, yeah, so, you should take them. I mean, you should accept it because you got to accept it. But take the meds you should take. So I've had definitely points in my life in which I'm taking my medication. I'm doing all the things I'm supposed to be doing. But I still can't be as physically active as right. some people can be. It's right. just there's certain activities I can't do. And but that's why of, you should be a singer. That's why you should be in the arts and dancing and not dancing per se, but that's why you should be an entertainer like your dad's been telling you. I am an entertainer. I know. That's what I'm saying. That's why we should do that. (laughs) You probably ought not run track. Doesn't mean you can't run track if you have asthma. Well, I remember in elementary school, the first time we ran the mile, I passed out. I didn't know I had asthma. Well, that should tell you something. Yeah. And so it was like instead of, you know, getting angry, you could just be like, oh, I have asthma. I'm going to take medicine. Yeah. Or you could just be the kid that's the victim. No, I'm an asthmatic. Stay away from me. Matt doesn't have asthma. And he I still used to have asthma. Out. I did. I had <laughs> asthma. You don't have it anymore. And you still no, have I don't know if I had it. It's like leprosy. It's contagious. I didn't know if you know is that. It, is it? But I really did have asthma growing up. I had asthma attacks. But I also think it's because we had a cat and I was very allergic to the cat. And then somehow Probably. it just disappeared. Did you get rid of the cat? I don't know who got rid of the cat. The asthma disappeared or the cat disappeared? Well, the the asthma did right when the cat did. (laughs) Okay. That's why I don't like cats. I don't blame you. I mean, I think they're beautiful. (laughs) They taste – well, I won't go there. Don't even go there. (laughs) If you want to contact Sky about that comment, just uh, contact BYU Radio. It's a joke. (laughs) You don't eat them. Sky's a guy that grew up in Iowa eating possum. (laughs) So he'll eat anything. If you haven't noticed on the show, I, I really like your idea because um, you also don't want to be apathetic, right? You don't mm-hmm. want to like say it doesn't matter, but there's some things that don't matter and mm-hmm. there's some things you can't change. And then there's some things you can change and you just do the best you can. Yeah, I think it's just taking a positive approach to it. I love it. See? And that I bet you were nervous to do that. Were you nervous? I was so nervous. Were you? Because I was terrified. 
Yeah. <laughs> and by the way, you're the first person that's ever put together your um, information and then actually created for me a cutout picture of Skyboy flying through the air. <laughs> I in, thought you'd In a onesie it. with a cape <laughs> and red hair. It's a good picture, huh? It's a great – and you know what? By what, What's amazing is it's, it's like it's exactly his physique. <laughs> He's got those chubby look hands. At the, look at those, those muscles. Small little teeth that definition in the bicep, you see that? Oh, that's not a bicep, that's nice. buddy. No, no, that's not a bicep. That's actually your hand. <laughs> it just looks like a bicep. You have no fingers. We're going to take a break. We're coming back with uh, Kimberly Giles. The uh, coach extraordinaire is going to be joining us. She's going to get us back on track. I have a feeling she's going to know a lot about change because she, uh, she's been working with this team a lot to change us. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Today, uh, we're talking about change. You ever had something you just needed to change and, you know, your spouse keeps telling you and you just still don't change? And then, you know, you've known you needed to change and you don't. Well, Kim Giles is here to help us. Kim is the coach extraordinaire. She has been on Good Morning America. They named her as one of the top 20 advice gurus in the country. I'm going to add to the world. Oh. You are one of the top 20 advice gurus in the solar system. That's a lot of pressure there. (laughs) Yes, it is. I mean, you're competing with Yoda. Oh. And other... Had one. I don't know. I don't know the word. I don't know enough about Star Wars, but I almost had it. Anyway, Kim Giles has also appeared on Good Morning America, Good Morning Utah, KSL, which is a, a wonderful local station here in the Intermountain area. She also has, um, I think, produced over 14 million articles. Oh, it How many feels has that it really way. been? Because you, you're prolific. You're a writer extraordinaire. You gets, get a lot of stuff out busy. there. Yeah. Well, it keeps you young in your mind. Coming up with new ideas every week. Yeah. I'm with you on that. If you want to learn more from mother of seven children. Well, I didn't give birth to all of them. Well, I didn't so. give birth to any of mine. <laughs> and I'm fine with I, that. I have some stepchildren yeah. and some adopted children. But se- that's right. Seven. So seven. That keeps me busy, Do too. Do you see seven as a lucky number? It has been for me. That's a good number. Yeah, it's a good number. See, I have six kids. By the way, didn't give birth to one of them. I'm kind of glad to hear that. Cutest, I'd be worried. They're the cutest little kids. <laughs> but uh, they got to go to your website, claritypointcoaching.com. And uh, what I love about Kim is she's real time. You're very present and you give us real solutions. You don't just give us like a really cool theory. Well, my husband said the other day, the reason you're good at this advice is you have most of these problems. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that great? So I'm coming up with all kinds of solutions to help myself. Is he talking about himself? I don't know. Is he Us, one of those problems? You know, we... You don't want to say. I understand. Yeah. I'm working on him. It's personal. He's I feel getting the better same way all the time. He's probably listening and laughing because, yeah, he always tunes in What's when I'm going to be on your show. <gasps> Patrick. Patrick. Best husband. Is he? 
in the galaxy. Is he real? Well, really? he's married to the guru of the galaxy. I was so blessed to find that man. Isn't that cool? Yeah. Well, and then the seven little uh, minions. Yeah. Or whatever we're calling them. It's a good bunch. So fill me in. What are we? Okay, change. Because you heard our earlier guest, um, Dr. Gunther, change. Because there's one approach we didn't get into with her that I know you're kind of a master of. Well, yeah, I mean, as a life coach, this yeah. is what I do. You got to deal with it every day. We help day. people change. One of the things that I see with a lot of us is we are one of our core issues is that we aren't being true to ourselves. We betray ourselves. Yeah. Sometimes we don't even know who we yeah, are. Who are we? And I, I ask a new client that question. It's the first question I ask is, "So tell me who you are." And their eyes get open wide, and they say, "I have no idea." I'm Matt Townsend. Yeah, they just give. Yeah. They don't know. Yeah, they really don't know. And if you don't know, then how do you decide every other choice of your life? I mean, you, I guess you're winging it. That you, we really are. Yeah. We really don't. We don't have a good sense of who we are and and what is important to us and what our beliefs and our values and our opinions and how we should be treated. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of times we grow up in families where maybe you didn't have a voice. Yeah. And if you didn't have a voice and you felt unimportant, you were kind of walked all right. over. Well, kids so aren't you supposed got to be heard. To that. You know that. Yeah. So if you, but if you grew up in that fa- that family, you may think who you are is voiceless, or you could be in another family where who you are is um, you know a drug addict because you tried drugs, so your parents put a Labeled label on you. you and yeah. so that's why we kind of don't know because you'd have to kind of you'd have to work on that. Well, and we we most of our life we've let everybody around mm-hmm. us label us. Well, to you're some a girl degree. or you're a boy. You're taller, you're short. You're bigger, you're small. You're fat or whatever. You're smarter, you're. See, it's we've got our labels. So one of the most healthy things we can all do is decide who we want to be. It's cool. And I I think it's crazy how few of us sit down and actually figure that out on paper. I'm going to be who an do Iron we Man. We want to be. Did you hear that? You're going to be Iron Man. I'm going to be, and I'm going to win the Iron Man. <laughs> Isn't that weird? No, but I bought the watch. It's an Iron Man triathlon watch, and I'm so preparing. that's the first step. Well, that was the third you step. Got the watch. I bought the shoes, and I've got the socks. That was about three months ago, and I've got the watch. Pretty soon, I'm going to start running. Awesome. But see, you got to begin somewhere. You do, Iron Man. You can call me Iron Man if you want. I mean, I'm not saying you have. To. I don't know it's if just... I'll start calling you that today, but Sky calls me that. <laughs> Okay. No, don't mean to digress, but so we got to know who we are or we got to know what we want to be. Yeah. We got to know that we're important and that our voice matters in our world. Where do you get that though? Because that sounds like a cool idea, but I, you know what? I'm not even good at math. Yeah. And if you haven't grown up feeling important, then that's just what you know and that's where you are. But the, the thing is your emotions tell you that something isn't right Every time you get walked on, yeah. uh, controlled or manipulated by somebody, you know. You feel something. You feel like you dirt. You feel uncomfortable. Yeah. It's not right. And you know it's not right, but you're letting it happen. And that's the first thing we've got to recognize is I'm not being true to myself here. Something cool. is not right. So obviously, so you check I need that to with explore your this. Yeah, your feelings are the first clue that something's not right. Yeah. No, that's huge. Huh? Like if you're so – the feelings you'd feel are – Fear. If you're feeling fear, something's yeah. Something needs you know, to be evaluated. I was trying to go here myself because years ago, I I was in a relationship. I dated someone. It was a very unhealthy relationship yeah. where I got walked all over. I got manipulated. Yeah. And I was trying to remember: 
in the last few days really what where I was when I felt that, and it just was wrong. You just I felt knew it was wrong. Something was wrong. And even if you can't pinpoint it, just kind of the general kind of the what do they call it? Just the that nagging. Something's not right. And by the way, you see that a lot with. I see that a lot with partners, where one partner might know something's not right with my partner. Something's off. Your something's off. Your gut knows the truth. Totally. Don't you think? Yeah. It does. But a lot of times we've been pushing that aside and we haven't been trusting ourselves. And if you're someone who's had a hard time making decisions on yeah. your own because you doubt whether you've got the right answer and so maybe you're somebody that goes to others and says, what should I do? And, and you want them to tell you because you trust them more than you. Yeah. Okay. That's one sign you you don't have you're not listening you're not. to your inner gut voice. Yeah, and don't turn that over to someone else. That's one of the most important things, don't you think? I totally agree. And that voice, it's so it's just so quiet. But you don't need to like mask. You, you just you can just slowly start following it. You'll see. Don't you think? Like some of the most beautiful moments are when you actually finally listen to that. Yeah. Like you really need to go visit your grandma. You really need to go visit your grandma. You really need to go visit your grandma. I, I woke up the other day. You need to write a letter to your uncle who's not well. You really need to write a letter to your uncle who's not well. I woke up this Saturday. I don't – usually Saturdays. I, the only time I got up early for, on Saturdays was for cartoons. Yeah. That? But I got up. I could not get him out of my head. So I started writing this letter, wrote him a letter. Then I'm thinking I want to do my radio show on him. So I do a radio show locally here in Utah. Did my radio show on this man as somebody that quietly influences us. He was sick and he died at four o'clock that afternoon, five hours later. But if I had not, wow. if I had not followed this little prompting, mm-hmm. what would I have missed? You know, I have a client recently who was working in his house and he had this nudging feeling, run outside, run outside right now. Really? And he ran outside and his small child was about to get in the car with some no stranger. Way. And he screamed and the car pulled away. But if he hadn't listened right in that moment and yeah. run outside, it would have been too late. That's huge. So our, I really believe yeah. that you've got this source of truth inside you. This, yeah. Your gut knows things, and you got to start listening to it. And if you're in an unhealthy relationship, you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Your gut knows something isn't right. Well, and it doesn't mean you have to know every way out. You just have to listen enough. Because what it might be saying is, we got to do something. we got to get help. I mean, whatever it is. It's just the beginning. It's not always the, the final end. solution. Yeah, it's like, it's yeah. just the beginning. It's just nudging you in the right direction. But if you listen to it once, you can hear it again and you can hear it again. That's that's what you're saying. Be true to yourself. Be true to that little voice inside of you saying, you need to go walking tonight. Yep. You got to listen. So I think that's the first cool. step. Yeah. But then I think we need to go a little farther and we need to start creating some boundaries or rules to protect us from ourselves. And I used to teach boundaries. Love it. That we put these rules in place to protect us from other people. Yeah, yeah. But really it's We're protecting our worst us enemy, from right? ourselves. Yeah, I don't need boundaries from Skyboy. I just need them for myself. Yeah, so you don't let him walk on well, you. Well, and I'm the only one I can control. Right. Right? Yeah, to create a boundary for him that he violates, what's the use? No. But and most, than- most of those boundaries, like if I decide I'm not going to let people speak to me in a disrespectful yeah. way, it's usually going to involve me leaving right. the area, yeah. not making them stop yeah. their behavior. Hey, you've got to be nice. Them. Yeah, you could try that. <laughs> That's not working. I love that. So the boundaries you're saying, it's not to keep everyone else out, but it's to kind of manage your traditional impediments. 
Yeah, maybe your subconscious programs of fear is the way I would put it, that you would let yourself be walked on. So to Uh protect myself from that, I'm going to have the boundary up front. Give us some of these. These are cool. Well, I was talking to one of the guys on the show, and I won't say who it is. I thought it was Colonel Sanders. (laughs) I'm just guessing. One of them had a relative ask to borrow money. Ah. And that's often a place where you all of a sudden are gripped with – this guilt. Mm-hmm. If I say no, does that make me a, a I don't mean, be, bad and if person? You're a pleaser, I don't want to, and I don't want you mad at me. I know. I want them to like me. And, Plus, I'd rather uh, just kind of hate you for the next three years. But you don't want to lend them the right. money. So, if you can decide now that you're going to have a rule that I don't lend people money unless That's it's great. such a small amount yeah. that I could literally Whatever. give it to we'll them and not care yeah. if I got it back. I'm okay with that. But if you come to me for large amounts, I have an official policy against yeah, it. I've made a rule. Decision made ahead Sorry. of time. Love that. So if you Good know rule. that you that that's a weakness or that people might take advantage or if you know that you can't say no, okay, Ooh, give yeah. me a rule. So what if, I, you, like, what if you know you can't say no? Okay. So my rule <clears throat> is I never commit to anything on the spot ever. That's a great rule. So no matter what they ask, I say I'm going to have to check my calendar and get back to you. And that gives me time to step back from it and go, okay, wait a minute. Am I only feeling like I have to do this out of guilt? Yeah. Because that's not the right reason to say yes. So if it's fear motivated, you need to say no. I love that. And then you get- That's a simple rule. Yeah, it's a simple rule. Give me more. What's one if I always, because I always say no. (laughs) You're on the other side. My, My kids are like, can we go out? Nope. Why? I have no idea. That's just my rule. I just I don't say no. want to say yes right now. <laughs> I'm really mad at life. But um, so I should, I actually do have a rule with that, that say yes. I actually, I don't always say yes, but I always think, try to say yes. So as I always start with can. a yes. Well, I would love to let you go. Let me just explore this. Tell me some more about where you're trying to go. Okay. So your policy is actually ask more questions before you answer. And that yeah. is an amazing boundary rule. Because in almost every situation, you, you answer before you know everything. Oh, yeah. Isn't that true? Hey, do you want to join this multi-level marketing company? You'll make lots of money. Well, sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You're not gonna Always ask more questions. That's a cool Get rule. Get more info. What do you do if your rule is, uh, okay, what if your rule is, you? what if you know you have no self-control? Okay, so like, let's talk about spending money. Okay. For a lot of people, we need an upfront rule that you always sleep on a purchase. You never make it the day you first see it. What if it's a sale? <laughs> and what if what if you use coal ca- Cole's cash right now? You get thirty percent off, but Cole's cash won't exist tomorrow. Okay. I'm just, that's a hypothetical. I know, but I get but this that is my one, life. You're welcome. Yeah, this is my life. That's where it gets hard. Mm-hmm. But you sleep on it. I think you still sleep on it. Well, what if you just give yourself an hour or so to yeah. walk away? Go and, take a nap. And really think, tomorrow, am I still going to be glad that I made this purchase? I love that. Second, think it through again. Money, see, if you notice, these are, these are around, we all know where we're weak. What if somebody says, do you want, you're really trying to stay off of sugars or whatever. So if you know that, you know where your weaknesses are. You know your mother's going to probably just try to sneak one in. Yeah. So those are, again, you need to come up with some personal boundaries. Um, here's another one I think is really important. How about if you have a rule up front about what other people think of you? And Ooh, am good. I going to let that affect me? Does it matter if these people all think bad of me? Oh, or am I going to know who I am and I'm going to have a policy that what other people think of me is irrelevant? But what if What if you say that? 
as your boundary, but really then you stew on it all night. Well, then you're not committed to your boundary. Yeah. So how do you – what's another boundary with not caring what people think? Well, I'll tell you what I do with my coaching clients. I ask them to go get a little notebook and they write on the front, this is my official policies and procedures book. Love it. And they have to work out those rules ahead of time like what other people think of me is irrelevant. And when they write it in that book, it is an official commitment. Now, that doesn't mean when I'm out in public and I trip, my face doesn't turn red and I'm worried that Skyboy is going to think I'm stupid and clumsy. Don't worry about that. It might come into my head, the fear, immediately because... Because I'm subconsciously yeah. programmed to go there. Right. But in that moment, I, I remember my rule. My rule. So <gasps> the rules are how you circumvent the natural you kind of reaction. override your, your autopilot it. with your new rule. And when you do that enough, you get faster and faster at it. That's cool. So you can override faster. That's like you – know, that's where you're showing integrity. So you're showing integrity not to your nature but to your purpose. Principles. Your higher purpose, your principles. Yeah. That's easy. I mean, easier. Every you know, every company has a set of policies and procedures, and there's a reason they do. Then, when something happens, they don't have to figure out how to handle it. They've already made those decisions up front. We need the same thing. We need some policies and procedures, and a mission and a purpose kind of statement. You got to know who you are. Who you are. I love that. How you define your value. I'm trying to think of one that. um, Okay. what about um, – because health, exercise, food, these little health rules. I mean is that kind of your boundary you're talking about or do you go to a higher principle than your latest diet? Well, I'll tell you my latest little trick on that one is that if you if you make those diet rules – limitations or restrictions that make you feel like you're missing out. Yeah, can't. So if they're can'ts, yeah. you want to change them to I don't. Yeah, yeah. And and then it's a principle that I just eat healthy. Yeah. I I don't eat that is different than I can't eat yeah, that. Yeah, I can't. I'm forbidden. Yeah. Um, so it feels better. You you know, you've thought a lot about this stuff. I kind of do it all day every day. It's so. kind of like it's your job. It, it is my job. Um. That's huge. So what, let's go over it. We start with our uh, our principles, our purpose. We've got to know the question, who are we really? Who do we want to be? Yep. We've got to figure out how, how we're going to define our value, mm-hmm. number one. And I believe your value comes from the fact you're a one-of-a-kind, yeah, irreplaceable soul. Yeah, you talked about that, the diamond. It's already the there. Diamond. Your value is already in set in you. But There's, it's got to be a policy that that diamond has the same value no matter what happens. Yeah. So no situation and no person can change that. I, it's in stone for me. My value is are set, and I, I will that. not let anyone take that away from like me. Like the setting, you say that it's not the diamond. It, the setting isn't going to change the value of the diamond. It could, I guess, enhance the overall thing. the The diamond has its value, but the setting can, I guess, add value to the setting and the diamond. But your value is still the same. But really, if you throw a diamond in the mud. Still a diamond. Still has the same value. Totally. And, That's you know, cool. I had a client recently who was a meth addict for a while. And but, so you know, that I, diminishes his value. <laughs> no, it, see, it doesn't. doesn't. That's the key, huh? It doesn't. And I, I see that experience that this person had as almost a location on their journey. Yeah. They experienced meth yeah. addict, but that doesn't make – that doesn't change them. That doesn't change yeah. who they are. It was – that was just a setting. It was. But the diamond moved to another setting. And, and tell me, that's the only way out of some settings. 
is to know you're still a diamond. Yeah. But if you don't know you're a diamond, then you'll just you think the setting makes you. Now, a lot of people, when I introduce that concept, have a hard time. Okay, I've felt like crap my whole life. Yeah. You just telling me that my value as a diamond is not changing that. Right. But the way you value yourself is a choice. And you've got to start consciously making that choice. And in this moment, you do have the power yeah. to choose to see yourself that way. Sounds like a boundary. It, Sounds like a rule. It is. I'm going to see myself as a worthwhile being. Son of God is what I say. With I'm an honorable son of God. Infinite absolute yeah. value no Who matter what. And in this moment, you can choose that and own it. Yeah. And then 10 minutes from now, you may have to decide it again. Oh, but- yeah. You keep doing it. Well, that's your choice, right? Every 10 minutes, we just do it again. Yep. Until you die. <laughs> that's a nice ending. Thank you, Matt. <laughs> that sounded heavy. Kind Kim of- Giles. Man, go check out Kim's website, claritypointcoaching.com. She's the bomb. You really are good. Thank you. Have I told you that? You're pretty good yourself. The blue cup. Appreciate it. BYU colors. Sporting BYU blue. In her drinking, her beverage We're big fans container. at my house. Good girl. Wouldn't have it any other way. <laughs> We're big fans here on the show as well. We're going to take a break. We're coming back. I think we've got, uh, I don't know, some kind of a game or something we're going to play. Oh. But we got to play it because, Kim, you're the bomb. So Kim's going to stick with us, I hope. And uh, we're going to take a break. This is the Matt Townsend Show right here on BYU Radio. Wrapping up the Matt Townsend Show with a little hoedown music. We, uh, we're going to play a game. Nobody knew we were going to play a game. In fact, we just made up the game. I made up the game because we had another. Oh, this is my favorite part. Pump it up. You feel it? We're bringing down the roof with that kazoo. Nobody plays the kazoo better than Skyboy, folks. That was the Smurfs. I think the they Smurfs were. Playing the kazoo. I think somebody had caught a Smurf and they were squeezing him. Yeah. If you squeeze a like Smurf that. just right, they make that noise. Is that a physical change or a chemical change? See, Rob <laughs> put together a game: physical change, chemical change. But I, think, I don't think we're scientific enough that we had no, any chance. We would that have game. no idea. A Smurf is a physical change. That's true. Okay. Well, and it depends. If you squeeze them too hard, it turns chemical changes too. Well, <laughs> you'd have to really put some compression on it. Now let's just we're remember: Smurfs fly. aren't real. We just like to really. We, we like to. My we, kids are going to be so disappointed. No, they're not real. Unicorns real. Smurfs not real. Smurfs have a movie. Do you have a movie? No. Okay. Well, unicorns. They got lots of movies. Do they you have, have a lair. Do you have a movie in North Korea? Define the word real. <laughs> no. We're talking change. Okay. So we want to go around the room, and I'm like. I just want to hear everyone's, you know, favorite change in their life. Like, where was a change where you had this change point and your life changed? Okay, okay. you go first. Give us well, an example. I, well, when I said that, Sky's like, you mean like when I got hair on my chest? And I'm like, yeah, like that kind of change. 33 was a good year for you, wasn't it? It was great. What happened when I was 33? The chest hair. No, I was talking about Sky's chest oh, hair. Oh, Sky's chest hair? I had chest oh, hair when I was I thought 12. you were yours. Oh, no. <laughs> Brawny man here. Yeah, Brawny. They named the paper towel guy after me. <laughs> Brawny. Okay, so favorite change. Anybody got one? Like Just like when life hit and you're like, boom, I'm real. Moved away to college and realized for the first time in my life I could keep my room tidy. Really? Without your mom's 
Warning. Well, just, it was a, you mean as a teenager, you never kept your room tidy? It was a disaster, but now you do? So it there's was, hope? It was four feet deep. Just yeah, stuff. Me oh, too. There's hope for my teenager. That was a good one. So congrats. That's you reached manhood. And I've, I've been tidy ever since. See? There's the bell. The tidy bell. Bryce. For me, it was riding a bike. Oh, yeah. That was really just awesome. Like, it seems dumb, but no. like... How old were you? You were 18? No. <laughs> no. I learned how to ride a bike when I was like six. Were you? Okay. See, I learned But later. recently in my adult life, but riding a bike around... Freedom. Oh, it's great. Now, are you road biking or mountain biking? I have a mountain bike, but I'm mostly just doing road biking because there aren't like any like gentle mountain biking trails that I found around here. They're all very like... Very unique. mountainous. Yeah. 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 Very They're steep. Tough. I don't like that. I don't like mountain biking. How come people never do it the other way around? Because I did. Take a road bike in the mountains. Yeah. Yeah, that doesn't work at all. That's not working. You know, biking is one I was thinking of because really? I took up road biking this summer. And it has just, been so good for me. I, I'd love it. As a road kid, biking. Road biking. Really? As a kid, I'd, I'd run around. That's how I got all my exercise. As I've gotten older, knees are bad, hips are bad. Muscles ache, but if I get on a bike, I can ride around. Oh, I like for that. Hours, I love it, and it doesn't kill you. Well, actually, I went mountain biking, and I had someone else's bike with toe clips. Oh, oh yeah, but those are... you were locked in. Well, committed. Uh, I crashed. Did you Married tip over? To I tipped over. I tipped over, going zero miles an hour. <laughs> That happens to have everybody. Have you done that? But I was high centered, but there was water admit, under me. I have. Everybody I had, who rides with toe clips has tipped over. I could not. At some I point. couldn't get my toe out, and I died. I fell, well, you're and looking, I died. You're doing very well. For I was resuscitated. Dead. I will never ride with toe clips again. You that have was to a changing get used moment to them, for me. Because yeah, but you have to get used to them off road. <laughs> on I was grass. On grass <laughs> or water. Yeah. So I was gonna. My other biggest change. I've. I've worked myself into the ground the last few years. Have and this you? year, I've You're just, I, you know, you got to start taking care of yourself. Yeah. And doing some things just for you. That's right. And that's, that's been a, good a really one. good change. That's why I'm doing the Ironman. And I bought the watch. I'm going to hold you to that. I want to see you do Well, the you Ironman. can just hold my watch if you want. <laughs> I, uh, I'm pretty much sure. Are I'm, you serious? Well, I bought the watch. So I figure. I want to do the Iron Man, and if I can't get to it soon, I'll just have the watch. There is no way he is serious There's about no this. There's no way he's serious. There's you no guys way. are so my And so far, he's only focused on the running aspect of the no, Iron Man. No, toe clips. Do you know how to swim? <laughs> yeah. They did tell you you have to ride a bike. Uh, yeah, with toe clips. I've got it. I've already done that. All right. <sighs> you guys. We it's a triathlon. It says on. it right underneath <laughs> Iron Man on my watch. It's like you guys, ye have a little faith. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. You're and good. You, yes. <laughs> Kim is the best. Thanks, Kim Giles. Thanks Go for check out me. Kim's website, claritypointcoaching.com. We'll be back tomorrow with more fun and excitement. Go get some change in your lives. This is the Matt Townsend Show right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio.